0: Act Four of Justice by John Galsworthy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four. The scene is again Coaxon's room, at a few minutes to ten of a March morning, two years later. The doors are all open. Sweedle, now blessed with a sprouting moustache, is getting the offices ready. He arranges papers on Kirkson's table, then goes to a covered washstand, raises the lid, and looks at himself in the mirror. While he is gazing his full, Ruth Honeywell comes in through the outer door, and stands in the doorway. There seems a kind of exultation and excitement behind her habitual impassivity. Sweetle, suddenly seeing her, and dropping the lid of the washstand with a bang.
1: Hello, it's you. Yes. There's only me here. They don't waste their time hurrying down in the morning. Why, it must be two years since we had the pleasure of seeing you.
0: Nervously.
1: What have you been doing with yourself?
0: Ruth, sardonically. Living. Sweetle, impressed.
1: If you want to see him.
0: He points to Coakson's chair.
1: He'll be here directly. Never misses. Not much.
0: Delicately.
1: I hope our friend's back from the country. His time's been up these three months. If I remember...
0: Ruth nods.
1: I was awful sorry about that. The governor made a mistake, if you ask me. He did. He ought to have given him a chance. And I say the judge ought to have let him go after that they forgot what human nature's like whereas we know
0: ruth gives him a honeyed smile
1: they come down on you like a cartload of bricks flatten you out and when you don't swell up again they complain of it i know em seen a lot of that sort of thing in my time
0: he shakes his head in the plenitude of wisdom
1: Why? the other day the governor
0: but coaxon has come in through the outer office brisk with east wind and decidedly greyer coaxon drawing off his coat and gloves why it's you then motioning sweedle out and closing the door
2: quite a stranger must be two years do you want to see me i can give you a minute sit down family well
3: yes I'm not living where I was.
2: Coaxing, eyeing her askance. I hope things are more comfortable at home.
3: I couldn't stay with Honeywell, after all.
2: You haven't done anything rash, I hope.
0: I should be sorry if you'd done anything rash.
3: I've kept the children with me.
0: Coaxing, beginning to feel that things are not so jolly as he had hoped. Well, I'm glad to have seen you. You've not
2: heard from the young man, I suppose, since he came out?
3: Yes, I ran across him yesterday.
0: I hope he's well. Ruth, with sudden fierceness.
3: He can't get anything to do. It's dreadful to see him. He's just skin and bone.
0: Coaxing, with genuine concern. Dear me, I'm sorry to hear that. On his guard again.
2: Didn't they find him a place when his time was up?
3: He was only there three weeks. He'd got out.
2: I'm sure I don't know what I can do for you. I don't
0: like to be snubby.
3: I can't bear his being like that.
0: Coaxing, scanning her not-unprosperous figure.
2: I know his relations aren't very forthy about him.
0: Perhaps you can do
2: something for him till he finds his feet.
3: Not now. I could've, but not now.
0: I don't understand. Bruce quietly
3: i've seen him again that's all over
0: coaxon staring at
2: her disturbed i'm a family man i don't want to hear anything unpleasant excuse me i'm very busy
3: i'd have gone home to my people in the country long ago but they've never got over me marrying honeywell i never was waywise mr Coaxin, but i'm proud i was only a girl you see when i married him i thought the world of him of course He used to come travelling to our farm.
0: Coaxing, regretfully.
2: I did hope you'd have got on better after you saw me.
3: He used me worse than ever. He couldn't break my nerve, but I lost my health. And then he began knocking the children about. I couldn't stand that. I wouldn't go back now if he were dying.
0: Coaxing, who has risen and is shifting about as though dodging a stream of lava. We mustn't be violent, must we? ruth smouldering
3: a man that can't behave better than that
0: there is silence coaxon fascinated in spite of himself then there you were
2: and what did you do then
0: ruth with a shrug
3: tried the same as when i left him before making skirts cheap things it was the best i could get but i never made more than ten shillings a week buying my own cotton and working all day I hardly ever got to bed till past twelve. I kept at it for nine months. Fiercely. Well, I'm not fit for that. I wasn't made for it. I'd rather die.
2: My dear woman, we mustn't talk like that.
3: It was starvation for the children, too. After what they'd always had, I soon got not to care. I used to be too tired.
0: She is silent. Coaxing with fearful curiosity.
2: Why? What happened then?
0: Ruth, with a laugh.
3: My employer happened then. He's happened ever since.
2: Dear, oh dear, I never came across a thing like this.
0: Ruth, dully.
3: He's treated me all right, but I've done with that.
0: Suddenly her lips begin to quiver and she hides them with the back of her hand.
3: I never thought I'd see him again, you see. It was just a chance I met him by Hyde Park. He went in there and sat down, and he told me all about himself. Oh, Mr. Coxon, give him another chance.
0: Coxon,
2: greatly disturbed. Then you've both lost your livings. What a horrible position.
3: If he could only get here, where there's nothing to find out about him.
2: We can't have anything derogative to the firm.
3: Have no one else to go to.
2: I'll speak to the partners, but I don't think they'll take him under the circumstance i don't really
3: he came with me he's down there in the street
0: she points to the window coaxing on his dignity he shouldn't have done that till he sent for then softening at the look on her face we've got a vacancy as it happens
2: but i can't promise anything
3: it would be the saving of em
2: well i'll do what i can but i'm not sanguine Now tell him that I don't want him until I see how things are. Leave your address.
0: Repeating her.
2: 83 Mullingar Street.
0: He notes it on blotting paper. Good morning. Thank you. She moves towards the door, turns as if to speak, but does not, and goes away. Coaxing, wiping his head and forehead with a large white cotton handkerchief.
2: What a business
0: then looking amongst his papers he sounds his bell sweedle answers it was that young richard's coming here to-day after the clerk's place
1: yes
2: well keep him in the air i don't want to see him yet
1: what shall i tell him sir
2: coax with asperity invent something use your brains don't stump him off altogether
1: shall i tell him that we've got illness sir
2: no Nothing untrue. Say, I'm not here today.
1: Yes, sir. Keep him hankering?
2: Exactly. And look here. You remember Folder? I may be having him round to see me. Now, treat him like you'd have him treat you in a similar position.
1: I naturally should do.
2: That's right. When a man's down, never id him. tis isn't necessary. Give him a hand up. That's a metaphor I recommend to you in life. It's
0: sound policy.
1: Do you think the governors will take him on again, sir?
0: Can't say anything about that. At the sound of someone having entered the outer office. Who's there? Sweetle, going to the door and looking.
1: It's Falder, sir.
0: Coaxon vexed. Dear
2: me, that's very naughty of her. Tell him to call again. I don't want...
0: He breaks off as Falder comes in. Falder is thin, pale, older. His eyes have grown more restless. His clothes are very worn and loose. Sweedle, nodding cheerfully, withdraws.
2: Uh, Glad to see you. You're rather uh, previous.
0: Trying to keep things pleasant.
2: Shake hands. She's striking while the iron's hot.
0: He wipes his forehead.
2: I don't blame her. She's anxious.
0: Falder timidly takes Coaxon's hand and glances towards the partner's door.
2: No, not yet. Sit down.
0: Falder sits in the chair at the side of Coaxon's table, on which he places his cap.
2: Now you are here, I'd like you to give me a little account of yourself.
0: Looking at him over his spectacles.
4: How's your health? I'm alive, Mr Coxon.
0: Coxon, preoccupied.
2: I'm glad to hear that. About this matter, I don't like doing anything out of the ordinary. It's not my habit. I'm a plain man, and I want everything smooth and straight. But I promised your friend to speak to the partners, and I always keep my word.
4: I just want a chance, Mr. Cookson. I've paid for that job a thousand times and more. I have, sir. No one knows. They say I weighed more when I came out than when I went in. They couldn't weigh me here.
0: He touches his head. Or here. He touches his heart and gives a sort of laugh.
4: Till last night I'd have thought there was nothing in here at all.
0: Kirkson, concerned.
2: You've not
4: got heart disease? Oh, they passed me sound enough.
2: But they got you a place, didn't they?
4: Very good people. Knew all about it. Very kind to me. I thought I was going to get on first rate, but one day, all of a sudden, the other clerks got wind of it. I couldn't stick it. Mr. Coaxin. I couldn't, sir.
2: Easy, my dear fellow.
4: Easy. I had one small job after that, but it didn't last. How was that? It's no good deceiving you, Mr. Coaxin. The fact is, I seem to be struggling against a thing that's all around me. I can't explain it. It's as if I was in a net. And as fast as I cut it here, it grows up there. I didn't act as I thought to have about references. But what are you to do? You must have them. And that made me afraid. I left. In fact, I'm I'm afraid all the time now.
0: He bows his head and leans dejectedly silent over the table.
2: I feel for you. I do, really. Aren't your sisters going to do anything for you?
4: One's in consumption and the other.
2: Yes. She told me her husband wasn't quite pleased with you.
4: When I went there, they were at supper. My sister wanted to give me a kiss, I know. But he just looked at her and said, "'What have you come for?' "'Well, I pocketed my pride, and I said, "'Aren't you going to give me your hand, Jim?' "'Sises, I know,' I said. "'Look here,' he said. "'That's all very well, but we'd better come to an understanding. "'I've been expecting you, and I've made up my mind. "'I'll give you fifteen pounds to go to Canada with.' "'I see,' I said. "'Good riddance. "'No thanks. Keep your fifteen pounds.' Friendship's a queer thing when you've been where I have.
2: I understand. Will you take the fifteen pound from me?
0: Flustered, as Fulda regards him with a queer smile. Quite without prejudice. I meant it kindly. I'm not allowed
4: to leave the country.
2: Oh, yes. Ticket of leave? You ain't looking the thing.
4: I've slept in the park three nights this week. Dorns aren't all poetry there. But meeting her i feel a different man this morning i've often thought the being fond of her is the best thing about me it's sacred somehow and yet it did it for me that's queer isn't it
2: i'm sure we're all
4: very
0: sorry for you
4: that's what i found mr Coxon. awfully sorry for me
0: with quiet bitterness
4: but it doesn't do to associate with
2: criminals come come it's no use calling yourself names that never
4: did a man any good Put a face on it. It's easy enough to put a face on it, sir, when you're independent. Try it when you're down like me. They talk about giving you your desserts. Well I think I've had just a bit over.
0: coaxing eyeing him askance over his spectacles.
2: I hope they haven't made a socialist of you.
0: Folder is suddenly still, as if brooding over his past self. He utters a peculiar laugh.
2: You must give them credit for the best intentions. Really, you must. Nobody wishes you harm,
4: I'm sure. I believe that, Mr. Coxon, nobody wishes you harm. But they down you all the same. This feeling.
0: He stares round him as though at something closing in.
4: It's crushing me.
0: With sudden impersonality. I know it is. Coxon horribly disturbed.
2: It's nothing there. We must try and take it quiet i'm sure i've often had you in my prayers now leave it to me i'll use my gumption and take em when they're jolly
0: as he speaks the two partners come in coax rather disconcerted but trying to put them all at ease
2: i didn't expect you quite so soon i've just been having a talk with this young man i think you remember him
0: james with a grave keen look
5: quite well
6: how are you, Falder?
0: Walter, holding out his hand almost timidly,
6: very glad to see you again, Falder.
0: Falder, who has recovered his self-control, takes the hand.
6: Thank you, sir.
2: Just a word, Mister James. To Falder,
0: pointing to the clerk's
2: office. You might go in there a minute. You know your way. Our junior won't be coming this morning. His wife's just had a little family.
0: Folder goes uncertainly out into the clerk's office. Coxon confidentially.
2: I'm bound to tell you all about it. He's quite penitent, but there's a prejudice against him, and you'll not see him to advantage this morning. He's undernourished. It's very trying to go without your dinner.
5: Is that so, Coxon?
2: I wanted to ask you. He's had his lesson. Now we know all about him. And we want a clerk. There is a young fellow applying, but I'm keeping him in the air.
5: A gay old bird in the office, coxon I don't see it.
6: The rolling of the chariot wheels of justice. I've never got that out of my head.
5: I've nothing to reproach myself with in this affair. What's he been doing since he came out?
2: He's had one or two places, but he hasn't kept them. He's sensitive. Quite natural. Seems to fancy everybody's down on him.
5: Bad sign. Don't like the fellow. Never did from the first. Weak characters written all over him. I think we owe
6: him a leg up. He brought it all on himself. The doctrine of full responsibility doesn't quite hold in these days.
0: James rather grimly.
6: You'll find it
5: safer to hold it for all that, my boy.
6: For oneself, yes. Not for other people, thanks. Well, I don't want to be hard.
2: I'm glad to hear you say that. He seems to
5: see something.
0: Spreading his arms. Round him. Tisn't healthy.
5: What about that woman he was mixed up with? I saw someone uncommonly like her outside as we came in. That? Well,
2: I can't keep anything from you. He has met her.
5: Is she with her husband? No. Falder, living with her, I suppose.
0: Coxon, desperately trying to retain the found jollity.
2: I don't know that of my own knowledge. tis isn't my business.
5: It's our business if we're going to engage him, Coxon
2: Coaxing, reluctantly. I ought to tell you, perhaps. I've had the party here this morning. I thought so. To Walter.
5: No, my dear boy, it won't do. Too shady altogether.
2: The two things together make it very awkward for you. I see that.
0: Walter, tentatively.
6: I don't quite know what we have to do with his private life.
5: No, no, he must make a clean sheet of it, or he can't come here.
6: Poor
2: devil. Will you have him in?
0: And as James nods,
2: I think I can get him to see reason.
0: James, grimly
5: you can leave that to me coaxin
0: Walter, to james in a low voice while coaxin is summoning Folder.
6: his whole future may depend on what we do dad
5: now look here falder my son and i want to give you another chance but there are two things i must say to you in the first place it's no good coming here as a victim if you've any notion that you've been unjustly treated get rid of it you can't play fast and loose with morality and hope to go scot-free if society didn't take care of itself nobody would the sooner you realize that the better
4: yes sir but may i say something well i've had a lot of time to think it over in prison
0: he stops coaxing encouraging him i'm sure you did
4: there were all sorts there and what i mean sir is that if we'd been treated differently the first time and put under somebody that could look after us a bit and not put in prison not a quarter of us would ever have got there
0: james shaking his head
5: i'm afraid i've very grave doubts of that falder
0: falder with a gleam of malice
4: yes sir so i found
5: my good fellow don't forget that you began it
4: i never wanted to do wrong perhaps not but you did
0: Falder with all the bitterness of his past suffering.
4: It's knocked me out of time.
0: Pulling himself up.
4: That is, I mean, I'm not what I was.
5: This isn't encouraging for us, Falder.
4: He's putting it awkwardly,
5: Mr.
0: James. Falder throwing over his caution from the intensity of his feeling.
4: I mean it, Mr. Coxon.
5: Now lay aside all those thoughts, Falder, and look to the future
0: folder almost eagerly yes
4: sir but you don't understand what prison is it's here it
0: gets you he grips his chest coax in a whisper to james i told
2: you you
6: wanted nourishment yes but my dear fellow that'll pass away time's merciful
0: folder with his face twitching
6: i hope so sir
0: james much more gently
5: now my boy what you've got to do is put all the past behind you and build yourself up a steady reputation and that brings me to the second thing this woman you were mixed up with you must give us your word you know to have done with that there's no chance of your keeping straight if you're going to begin your future
4: with such a relationship
0: Fulda, looking from one to the other with a hunted expression
4: but sir but sir it's the only thing i've looked forward to all that time and she too i couldn't find her before last night
0: during this and what follows Coaxham becomes more and more uneasy
5: it is painful falder but you must see for yourself that it's impossible for a firm like this to close its eyes to everything give us this proof of your resolve to keep straight and you can come back not
4: otherwise
0: Folder, after staring at James, suddenly stiffens himself.
4: I couldn't give her up, I couldn't. Oh, sir, I'm all she's got to look to, and I'm sure she's all I've got.
5: I'm very sorry, Folder, but I must be firm. It's for the benefit of you both in the long run. No good can come of this connection. It was the cause of all your disaster.
4: But sir, it means having gone through all that... Getting broken up, my nerves are in an awful state for nothing. I did it for her.
5: Come, if she's anything of a woman, she'll see it for herself. She won't want to drag you down further. If there were a prospect of your being able to marry her, it might be another thing.
4: It's not my fault, sir, that she couldn't get rid of him. She would have done if she could, but that's been the whole
0: trouble from the beginning. Looking suddenly at Walter...
4: If anybody would help her, it's only money he wants now, I'm sure.
0: Coaxing, breaking in as Walter hesitates and is about to speak.
2: I don't think we need consider that. It's rather far-fetched.
0: Falder, to Walter, appealing.
4: He must have given her full cause since. She could prove that he drove her to
6: leave him. I'm inclined to do what you say, Falder, if it can be managed.
2: Oh, sir. Coaxing, hurriedly. You don't take me, Mr. Walter. I have my reasons. Folder from the window.
4: She's down there, sir. Will you see her? I can beckon to her from here.
0: Walter hesitates and looks from Coaxon to James. James, with a sharp nod.
5: Yes, let her come.
0: Coaxon, in a low fluster to James and Walter.
5: No, Mr. James, she's not quite
2: what she ought to have been while this young man's been away she's lost her chance we can't consult how to swindle the law
0: folder has come from the window the three men look at him with a sort of awed silence folder with instinctive apprehension of some change looking from one to the other
4: there's been nothing between us sir to prevent it but i said that the trial was true and last night we only just sat in the park
1: what is it mrs Honeywell.
0: There is silence.
5: Show her
0: in. Ruth comes slowly in, and stands stoically with Folder on one side, and the three men on the other. No one speaks. Coxon turns to his table, bending over his papers as though the burden of the situation were forcing him back into his accustomed groove. James sharply.
5: Shut the door there.
0: Sweedle shuts the door.
5: We've asked you to come up because there are certain facts to be faced in this matter. I understand you have only just met Falder again.
3: Yes, only yesterday.
5: He's told us about himself, and we're very sorry for him. I've promised to take him back here if he'll make a fresh start.
0: Looking steadily at Ruth.
5: This is a matter that
4: requires courage, ma'am. Mr. Walter Howe is good enough to say that he'll help
0: us to get you a divorce. Ruth flashes a startled glance at James and Walter.
5: I don't think that's practical, Folder.
0: But, sir, James, steadily.
5: Now, Mrs. Honeywell, you're fond of him.
3: Yes, sir, I love him.
0: She looks miserably at Folder.
5: Then you don't want to stand in his way, do you?
0: Ruth, in a faint voice.
3: I could take care of him.
5: The best way you can take care of him will be to give him up.
4: Nothing shall make me give you up. You can get a divorce. There's been nothing between us, has there?
0: Ruth, mournfully shaking her head without looking at him.
3: No.
4: We'll keep apart till it's over, sir. If you'll only
0: help us. We promise. James to Ruth. You see the thing
5: plainly, don't you? You see what I mean.
0: Ruth. Just above a whisper. Yes. Coaxing to himself. There's a the dear woman.
5: Ah, the situation is impossible.
3: Must I, sir?
0: James, forcing himself to look at her.
5: I put it to you, ma'am. His future is in your hands.
0: Ruth, miserably.
3: I want to do the best for him.
0: James, a little huskily.
4: That's right, that's right. I don't understand. You're not going to give me up after all this? There's something.
0: Starting towards James.
4: Sir, I swear solemnly that there's been nothing between us.
5: I believe you, Valder. Come, my lad. Be as plucky as she is.
0: Just now you
4: were going to help us.
0: He starts at Ruth, who is standing absolutely still. His face and hands twitch and quiver as the truth dawns on him.
4: What is it? You've not been... Father!
0: James hurriedly.
5: There, there, that'll do, that'll do. I'll give you your chance, Falder. Don't let me know what you do with yourselves, that's all.
0: Falder, as if he had not heard. Ruth? Ruth looks at him and Falder covers his face with his hands. There is silence, coaxing suddenly.
2: There's someone out there. To Ruth. Go in here. You'll feel better by yourself for a minute.
0: He points to the clerk's room and moves towards the outer office. Falda does not move. Ruth puts out her hand timidly. He shrinks back from the touch. She turns and goes miserably into the clerk's room. With a brusque movement he follows, seizing her by the shoulder just inside the doorway. and shuts the door. James, pointing to the outer office.
5: Get rid of that, whoever
1: it is.
0: Sweetle, opening the office door in a scared voice.
1: Detective Sergeant Blister.
0: The detective enters and closes the door behind him.
1: Sorry to disturb you, sir.
7: A clerk you had here two years and a half ago. I arrested him in this room. What about him? I thought perhaps I might get his whereabouts from you.
0: There is an awkward silence. Coaxing, pleasantly, coming to the rescue. We're not
2: responsible for his movements. You know that.
7: What do you want with him? he's failed to report himself this last four weeks how do you mean ticket of leave won't be up for another six months sir
6: he has to keep in touch with the police till then
7: we're bound to know where he sleeps every night i dare say we shouldn't interfere sir even though he hasn't reported himself but we've just heard there's been a serious matter of obtaining employment with a forged reference what with the two things together we must have him
0: again there is silence walter and coaxon steal glances at james who stands staring steadily at the detective coaxon expansively
2: we're very busy at the moment if you could make it convenient to call again we might be able to tell you then james
0: decisively
5: i am a servant of the law but i dislike preaching in fact i can't do such a thing if you want him you must find him without us
0: as he speaks his eye falls on Folder's cap still lying on the table and his face contracts wister noting the gesture quietly
7: very good sir i ought to warn you that having broken the terms of his licence he's still a convict and sheltering a convict i shelter no one but you mustn't come here and ask questions which it's not my business to answer
0: wister dryly
7: i won't trouble you further then gentlemen
2: i'm sorry we couldn't give you the information you quite understand don't you good morning
0: Wister turns to go, but instead of going to the door of the outer office, he goes to the door of the clerk's room.
2: The other door. The other door.
0: Wister opens the clerk's door. Ruth's voice is heard. Oh, do. And folders. I can't. There is a little pause then. With a sharp fright, Ruth says.
3: Who's that?
0: Wister has gone in. The three men look aghast at the door. Wister, from within.
7: Keep back, please.
0: He comes swiftly out with his arm twisted in folder's. The latter gives a white, staring look at the three men.
6: Let him go this time, for God's sake.
7: I couldn't take the responsibility, sir.
0: Felder, with a queer, desperate laugh. Good. Flinging a look back at Ruth. He throws up his head and goes out through the outer office, half dragging Wister after him. Walter, with despair.
6: That finishes him. It'll go on forever now.
0: Sweedle can be seen staring through the outer door. There are sounds of footsteps descending the stone stairs. Suddenly a dull thud, a faint, My God, in Wister's voice. What's that? sweetle dashes forward the door swings to behind him there is dead silence walter starting towards the inner room
6: the woman she's fainting
0: he and Coxon support the fainting ruth from the doorway of the clerk's room coaxon distracted here my dear
6: there there have you any brandy i've got sherry get it then quick
0: he places Ruth in a chair, which James has dragged forward. Coaxing with sherry. Here, it's a good strong sherry. They try to force the sherry between her lips. There is the sound of feet, and they stop to listen. The outer door is reopened. Whister and Sweedle are seen carrying some burden. James hurrying forward. What is it? They lay the burden down in the outer office, out of sight, and all but Ruth cluster round it, speaking in hushed voices.
7: He jumped. Neck's broken. Good God! He must have been mad to think he could give me the slip like that. And what was it? Just a few months?
0: Walter bitterly.
6: Was that all?
7: What a desperate thing!
0: Then, in a voice unlike his own,
5: Oh, run for a doctor, you!
0: Sweedle runs from the outer office.
5: (laughs) An ambulance!
0: Wister goes out. On Ruth's face an expression of fear and horror has been seen growing, as if she dared not turn towards the voices. She now rises and steals towards them. Walter, turning suddenly, Look, THE THREE MEN SHRINK BACK OUT OF HER WAY, ONE BY ONE, INTO Coxon's ROOM. RUTH DROPS ON HER KNEES BY THE BODY, RUTH IN A WHISPER.
3: WHAT IS IT? HE'S NOT BREATHING.
0: SHE CROUCHES OVER HIM.
3: MY DEAR, MY PRETTY.
0: IN THE OUTER OFFICE DOORWAY THE FIGURES OF MEN ARE SEEN STANDING. RUTH LEAPING TO HER FEET
3: no 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 he's dead
0: the figures of the men shrink back coaxing stealing forward in a hoarse voice
2: there there poor dear woman
0: at the sound behind her ruth faces round at him
2: no one'll touch him now never again He's safe with gentle jesus
0: Ruth stands as though turned to stone in the doorway, staring at Coxon, who, bending humbly before her, holds out his hand as one would to a lost dog. The Curtain Falls End of Act 4
1: End of Justice by John Goldsworthy.